Congratulations. You have found yourself listening to I Don't Get It. Oh, you're laughing at me already? I like it. I love it. All right, good. I Don't Get It, the pop culture Get Off My Lawn cast, featuring the hopefully open-minded musings of these two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect, nay, the reality of our entertainment irrelevance. Hello, I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. I am the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular, and I am joined this week, every week, by the man himself, the one, the only, this guy. Hey, I'm Bill Scurry. I run, uh, with an iron hand, tyrannically, I run something called American Caesar Enterprises, which, by the way, Noah, uh, is a prescient entity which designs pop culture features designed to chip away at your ego and sense of self-worth. That's every pop culture entity these days, right? We're sprawling. We're sprawling yeah, as enterprise. You're, you're, you basically, you're, you're running Instagram now, apparently. <laughs> I, run, I run all the talks, tick and otherwise. Uh, the, t- all the, t- the various talks. <laughs> shanty. Uh, shanty talk. Uh, what was, uh, well, yeah, sh- what was the other one? There was another talk we were talking yeah. about doing as a topic. A book talk. Book talk. We were talking about book talk. Book talk. Talking about book talk. Coffee, anyway. coffee talk. Yeah, right. That's the hottest thing. And, uh, and the band from the 80s, Talk Talk. Talk. One of my favorite music videos. You ever seen the video for It's My Life by Talk Talk? No, I've never seen the video, no. It is literally one of my top 10 favorite music videos yeah. ever. Look it up. Liter- literally? Yeah, literally. I I was having a great discussion with my niece yesterday about the meaning of literally. She used literally correctly. And I'm trying to remember what it was. And I said, good for you. Use it. And she really understood it. And I said, people get that wrong all the She's eight, guys. And I said, people get that wrong all the time. Like, for example, you can watch, uh, I, I watched a wrestling match where someone hit someone and they said, he literally knocked his head off. And she found that very amusing because she, she gets it. You can understand it too, adults. Like the other day I went to a funeral home and they said uh, to me, this guy literally died. And he had, it's true. He was not lying. So funny. He literally died. Yeah. He, he died. Of, he, di- he died of metaphor. That's the problem side of metaphor anyway uh so this show well we speaking of death we look at something hot and new and happening <laughs> speaking and, of death uh, i don't know, I don't know. what are we doing we're just wasting time it works right, <laughs> right uh and uh you know try to make sense of it for ourselves and maybe hopefully for you so this week we're looking at um a band this is a music topic and this band is not not that new they've been around since 2010 so this band is called Glass Animals. Now, Glass Animals is a cover band dedicated to the music of 1980s Canadian hitmakers Glass Tiger. Don't forget and me when Don't forget I'm me gone. when I'm gone, right? You remember. they? I, I went to high school in Canada. I heard their later hits played all over the radio. And uh, they also do a fine cover of the Beastie Boys Glass Monkey. Oh, so they, I, I didn't hear they that They cover one. monkeys and tigers. Glass Animals, no. <laughs> Sorry. And so, what other podcast gives you references to so glass? Are you tiger? telling me that this, all these bands are essentially descended from the Glass Menagerie? As a... yes, exactly, okay. Glass Menagerie. You don't remember Glass Tiger's big hit song, "Gentleman Caller"? <laughs> uh, I still remember we we were studying reading Glass uh, Menagerie in eleventh grade. Uh, again in Canada, the class was called North American Literature. You might have had American Literature. We had North American Literature. And I went to an all, at the time it was an all boys school, when co ed the next year. And you can imagine what all boys schools were like in 1991. And that teacher, Mr. Moore, he was a real cool teacher. I liked him. I remember when he started talking about Tennessee Williams, he said something like, 
and I hope this doesn't bother any of you, but he was a homosexual. Yeah, thanks. You know, thanks, just like yes, I appreciate that. Well, prefacing it, you know, I mean, this was this way of saying, like, look, like, deal with it, right? I know he was a cool teacher. Anyway, so Glass Animals is a British band from uh, my beloved uh, town of Oxford, England. I spent a very nice summer there when I was a teenager. They have been called variety of things, psychedelic, electro, indie pop, formed in 2010, fronted by Dave Bailey, uh, along with, I believe all three other members are his childhood friends. And they, uh, they all end up in London, and they are now a London-based band. They independently released their debut EP, Leaflings, how's that for a pretentious title, uh, in May 2012, included the single Coco Hooves. I think random words strung together pretentiously is a bit of a, a hallmark of um, Glass Animals. And uh, that led to them being discovered by uh, Adele's producer, a guy named Paul Epworth. Epworth, that's a name you don't see in the United States. That's a British name. It's a very Epworth. English name, yeah. Very, very English, Paul Epworth. Um, so they started catching on. 2014, they released their full-length debut, Zaba, which featured the single Gooey. Uh, it led to them some exposure in the United States. Uh, actually, you know, pretty good. They played South by Southwest. They appeared on various late-night talk shows. They got popular enough to, uh, you know, do Radio City Music Hall and definitely were building a cult following in the U.S. Um, and then 2018, they released How to Be a Human Being. That was a terrible album. It's awful. Terrible. Just and, terrible. And uh, poised to be their big breakout, but unfortunately, and they toured the world, but unfortunately, um, in 2018, the drummer, Joe Seward, uh, in Dublin, he was uh, he was in a very bad bicycle accident. He nearly died. He survived, thankfully. And that put the tour on hold. So then they were ready to spring back uh, with uh, 2020's Dreamland. They released the single Dreamland from the upcoming album Dreamland in 2020. And the album was supposed to come out in 2020, and uh, it was not the pandemic that slowed it down. The band announced that the album had been delayed in order to, quote, keep focus on the Black Lives Matter movement and the discussions taking place around racism and police brutality around the world. Okay. I kind of want to ask what you think of this. The band, they're all white guys. I don't know. Let's not get into sticky territory. I appreciate the sentiment, but... I still think you can release an album, yeah, but yeah, okay, so. yeah. uh, whatever, you know, not going to, at least they were doing it not to protest the media treating Trump unfairly or something ridiculous like that. So uh, Dreamland finally came out that summer. It was uh, uh, Bailey, Bailey does it all. Bailey writes, sings, produces, uh, although he really does consider it a full band, you know, hence <laughs> pausing everything when the drummer gets in a car accident. Um, so he said this was his most nostalgic and personal album. And it did all right at first. Uh, it debuted at number seven on the Billboard 200, so it's better than all right. And uh, But it got off to a bit of a weird, slow start. Uh, it took until the fourth single, this song called Heat Waves, which I have heard all over the place in the last few months. And Heat Waves was released in January 21. It debuted at number 100 on the U.S. Hot 100 charts. Uh, but... It was catching on in other countries. It hit number one in Australia in February of 2021. And then over the past year, it became a bit of a TikTok meme. And this month, March 2022, a full 58 weeks or something since it uh, was released, Heat Waves hit number one in the USA. It dethroned We Don't Talk About Bruno after however many months that was number one. 
Uh, so it it has set a record. Heat Waves has set a record 59 weeks from release to hitting number one. That is a record for the history of the Billboard charts, Hot 100 charts, since like the mid-1950s. And um, they are, uh, next month, they will possibly win a Grammy for Best New Artist. They are uh, nominated for that. So Glass Animals, Heat Waves is all over the place. Their other songs are very easily accessible. I saw a clip of them on Good Morning America. Uh, the Heat Wave song, Heat Wave video has been memefied. Uh, etc. So, you know, I read about this in uh, Chris Melanthi's very good, I read this all the time, Slate, he has a very good pop music column on Slate, which uh, keeps me a bit up to date. And even though I had heard this song, he didn't really know much about Glass Animals. And I saw this, I said, Bill, we should talk about this. And you said, okay, we have no better idea. So I spent the last few days listening to and watching Glass Animals. You did likewise. Tell me, what do you think of these animals of glass? I mean, the sound is fine. Um, the the song itself, because I mean, this was predicated by talking about heat waves. That is the thing right. that kind of. Uh, and again, it's weird that this episode is intertextual with the. We don't talk about Bruno from whatever that was three or four weeks ago that we did. Uh, you know, a handoff from one chart topper to another. And I still wonder, like, what is the value of saying something to chart topper? I guess in some ways that's a metric that actually means something, although I don't mm-hmm. quite know how you measure this particular metric or if there are other metrics that are more uh, impressive. Anyway, well, it's, 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 I mean, they change it over time. It's radio play. I mean, it used to be radio play and requests and buying yeah. singles. Yeah. And the modern era, it's Spotify streams and they've worked sure. in, you know, a lot of social media fact i don't know all. i'm sure you could look them up but yeah it's it basically what is the most popular song in america and i think it's a, I think yeah. they do a reasonable job estimating that you know i mean maybe so i mean my, my i'm ignorant so i'm inclined to think it's a little bit of witchcraft and they have to do some sorcery who the hell i'm knows, sure but. it is yeah uh this i mean heat wave as a song i mean i don't think it's great it's it's i when i watched the video it's exactly what i expected right there but what are they between 30 and 35 years old these guys i think bailey is 30 or 31 okay something like that yeah it's like they look like you know short englishmen they look completely like um uh, you know exactly what you might expect uh they they very pleasant looking plain faces with you know agreeable expressions on them his voice I think the closest correlative was something like a Chris Martin. Not that, not quite the same thing because Chris Martin, I think, gets more of a soulful croon. But I think that this guy is in that range. However, Heat Heat Waves is um, inexplicably has like a trap beat underneath it. It's very strange, and I'm like, okay, so these guys are really like syncretic. You know, like what they're doing is they are like nothing is out of bounds when they're making a song as you know, every single pop artist now is free to just eat. If you want to eat Afrobeat, you got it. You want to go trap? Of course you got it. You want to do something Delta Blues? Whatever it is, you got it. You want to do Tuvan Throat singing? That's on the table too. Whatever you want to do. People have been doing that for a long time. I I forget. Who was it, Noah, in the 90s uh, that was using that... um, that Pakistani guy, uh, uh, Ali Fateh Ali Khan, I think it was like Eddie Vedder was. Doing yeah, uh, yeah, Nusrat Fateh, Nusrat Fateh, Ali, Fateh Khan. Ali Khan. Yeah, and it's like I remember that guy. Such yeah, a, it's such a, like it's it's such a weird performative. Like I'm gonna pull the most obscure thing. I'm gonna do no yeah. way puppet theater behind us on stage. <laughs> You know, like, great. I, I really, that would have been great. You guys have gotten this, you know, like, you're, you're getting points for just trying to out-obscure each other. It's, like, it's not enough that you're doing crate diving for, for samples. Now you have to, like, pull the most obscure forms of, uh, you know, Byzantine forms of expression in the world. But there's not quite this, you know. Um, 
Also, I don't know if Oxford has a sound, but I mean, you don't really, you know, in the old days, it's like there was a Birmingham sound, you know, there was a Liverpool sound. Well, I think these guys are more a London band. I think they... Now they are, yeah, I know, but the, the I mean, Oxford... Bailey and at least two of those guys grew up in Oxford, but I think, you know, they, they, they were, I know that that guy Epworth discovered them playing, they were playing yeah. the clubs of London. Yeah. when they got discovered. So I, mean, I, I know, think the, London band and, and London, London has a various sounds depending on the neighborhood. I mean, yeah. ask me about that from the new wave punk era. I don't know about now, but yeah. yeah. But it's, it's so appealing to think of like the English regions as having their own specific thumbprint in terms yeah. of what they sound like. It's, it's part of the yeah. mythology that we love to, we love to, you know, rhapsodize Man, about. Man, Manchester had a sound. Manchester you know, that's sound. That's where the Smiths and Joy yeah. Division and all that. Yeah, yeah. And that was Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Black Sabbath. Oh, Black, they were from Birmingham. That's where they were from. They are uh, from Birmingham and, yeah. um, who is from? Oh, Def Leppard is from Sheffield. Yeah, industrial. That's where a lot of that metal came from. Yeah. No pun intended. Heavy metal was from those industrial towns, oh, yeah. those dirt bags. Who it was either working in the factory the rest of my life or making my dream of screaming about whatever. Iron Maiden was from one of those towns. Oh, uh, here's what's hilarious. It's like yeah, it's, it, you mentioned that dirt bags. This is the opposite. These are really clean cut, very yes, pl- pleasant very looking, clean cut. very clean cut yes. looking dudes. Yes. So you know, I watched it, I watched a 20 minute video of Bailey giving a tour of his home studio, hmm. and gee, dear God, it looked like a fucking operating room. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was, I mean, th- these guys are um, you know like there's a real technical aspect to them. It's not enough to just yeah. be a musician anymore. It's like you are on top of all these things. Anyway, the point was is that Heat Waves is not a great song. It, it didn't stick in my head. Um, I understand that when people make music, they think about top down. What is the video going to be like? What's the performance going to be like? What are we, you know, you're thinking three chess moves ahead. And I mean, but on the other hand, there's no possible way and nobody can set out. There's no blueprint to make a song that's got 59 weeks of legs in it. It just doesn't exist. Mm. You know, I Latin, disagree. <laughs> I totally uh, disagree. Well, but. for us, no, but I'm saying for a song that increases, not just keeps a steady drumbeat, but a song that actually gloms on and, 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 and sort of picks up momentum over that many. Like, you know, th- we you didn't mention was the song that this beat, the last song, which is the chart topper, was fucking Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. What do you mean? In terms of duration of some of the, the music that had between era of being dropped on the you know the, from inception. Oh, age. really? The, yeah. I didn't. I didn't read that. Yeah. So, so what? What is it like? It was released one Christmas and it didn't hit number one until the next Christmas. Something like that, or it stuck around. Uh, the longevity was such that uh, its its length on the charts was is such that you need. Okay. I mean, we think of it now with like all we want for Christmas is you sounds like. Well, it's fuck. a standard now. It's right. Been, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. I think of it like Ina Klein and knock music. It's just been with humanity since the beginning. <laughs> it's always existed. It's always existed since cavemen <laughs> were pounding on pockets of sand yeah. to quote Lou Albano. All they wanted for Christmas was you. Yeah, yeah. but it's like these uh, guys. These guys. It's like inexplicably this song. Is the thing that overtakes this this uh, stand? You know, Mariah Carey had the power wow. of her voice and the power of Christmas on her side, and the power of the, the schmaltzy 1990s, and, and and the power of you want to talk about formula. I mean, I don't want to take away from that song. It's a perfectly good pop song, but it's a formula. But it's for, look, that's what these pop masters are. Pop yeah. should be, I mean, should be formula, I guess. I mean, and also uh, it, it helped become a formula because okay, we're talking about a song. That song's 25 years old, and this song is a least, fucking year old. At yeah. least. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like uh, two years. I Heat Waves, not a great song. Some of the other songs, I what I appreciate is, you know, I can't just listen to a standard uh, and appreciate. I can't stand like standard rock and roll type stuff, like um, you know, just guitars with, uh, you know, hooked up to amps without a lot of production. I need a more Byzantine yeah. s- sound. Yeah, because you're a snob. Because you're a snob. Maybe I'm a snob. Maybe I'm a snob. What I liked was yeah. the, some of the He wears that, pocket squares, people. Pocket yeah. squares in 2022. Uh, 
Some of the other songs had a much more uh, pleasing sound to me because they just sounded more interesting. Um, they And again, this is the thing. Coldplay started off by doing like, uh, oh no, I'm caught in a spider web. It was all yellow. You know, oh my God, that right? is a bad accent, my friend. Those were really, tw- the whole, I forget what their, their first album was, but they were really tweets. Uh, yellow was their first song. I think Yellow okay. was the first time I heard them. Oh no. Whatever Watch album this. that was. Yes. Yeah, it's, you know, but but it's like wow, the, all of a sudden you get like what is that mellow harmonica j- barondo? There's some weird they have, they have weird album titles and they got more maximalist as as Coldplay became more U two ish as they went along the way. What is it? Miloto Zy- Zyloto? One of those? Yeah, mis- Zy- Zylo Milo. Yeah, yeah, yeah Zylo. whatever, yeah, whatever. But it's like you know, I, I Cole, talk about a band that feels like it's been around since the beginning of time. Yeah, and it was just 2002. I would say 2001 was the first yeah, time I heard. Pretty them, much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it, you know, like they, these guys come out where it's like they're standing on the shoulders of giants, so they, they can get to cut a lot of corners because they're already making mac- maximalist pop music. Um, you know, with a pretty honed image, music that's ready to sell on Spotify or, or, or you know, TikTok and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I, I I like the some of the songs, but this doesn't, for me, equal the amount of power that the, the thing has all told. Like, this, to me, would just be another thing in pop detritus and not necessarily a topic on, on our show in, in a different world. And yet here we are talking about it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, you tell me. Uh, this is some boring fucking music. Okay. This is really boring music to me. Uh, I mean, it's not terrible. It's just boring. And this is, I mean, you said they're kind of these little shrimpy, very milquetoast looking white guys. Bailey is interesting. Bailey does not look like a pop star. He's got this kind of like big doughy nose. Like Bailey's look, and this is this is kind of mean, is he looks like the one nerdy guy in the obnoxious frat, like the smart guy in the frat, but he's really no better than those guys. I feel like Glass Animals boils down all the bad impulses of your milk toast 21st century white guy pop. You know, Coldplay, uh, Adam Levine, all those people. The facile processing of black vocal style, you know, which I think comes yeah. from Justin Timberlake. You know, all these guys yeah. are kind of trying to sound black in some way. He's doing this like yeah. Bailey's doing this kind of Prince Stevie Wonder falsetto. Thing. Stevie didn't do falsetto. Prince kind of Timberlake falsetto. Uh, the addiction to mindless, you know, techno noodling over actual, you know, playing instruments. Um, the reliance on studio trickery. I mean, there's a lot going around in the background, going on in the background, as you indicated, which only goes so far for me. The lazy repetition. I mean, Bailey does have an eye toward melody, which I appreciate, but like Heat Waves is the same thing over and over and over again. The reluctance to move above a slow pace. I mean, I don't want to ever call these guys a rock band because there's no, there's no, for lack of a better term, no rocking out. And the inattention to lyrical originality, these are some bad fucking lyrics. The chorus of Heat Waves, not really the chorus, basically the meat of the song. Sometimes all I think about is you, late nights in the middle of June. Okay, so that's not sometimes, it's late nights in the middle of June. Sometimes all I think about is you, late nights in the middle of June, Heat Waves been faking me out, can't make you happier now. If he spent more than 90 seconds writing those lyrics, he needs to have his head examined. That is terrible, just awful. And it's this lazy rhyme, rhyming you and June and out and now. Look, I think rappers make lazy rhymes work. When I'm impressed with hip-hop and, and actual rapping, it's because they make these words that you think 
shouldn't rhyme, make them rhyme. When it's in a pop song, I think it just sounds lazy. Uh, one more quote, speaking of the lyric sucking, from the song Tangerine. This is just someone who thinks he's not as clever as he thinks it is. As cold as an old ice cream sandwich, as focused as Mr. Miyagi, you poke at your phone posting aerial photos of you and your smoothie. I can't keep on making you happy because you got issues with your daddy. I miss ramen noodles and laughing at you and your gran in home movies. All right, so hang on a second. Can you can you stop making the jokes and actually read me the lyrics now? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, I don't know. I guess someone thinks this music is sexy, but I just I'm left really cold with this. Um, they they have a song called Tokyo Drifting, in which they team up with uh, Denzel Curry. He's a rapper. I'd never heard of him before, and he sounds like the most cliched. Rap- I mean. He is African-American, so you can't get on him for trying to sound black, but he sounds like a real cliched rapper. He's spitting rhymes. He's talking about NBA players. He does that little thing that rappers do now where they pause for a second and they sniff, the, and it's like supposed to make him sound badass. Uh, but then, of course, they get to the word fuck, and they don't say fuck. They say F, or they edit it out. So real, real tough guy there. Dave Bailey strikes me as the nerd who sits there for hours and hours and just plays with his keyboard making sounds. And it's just, look what I can do with this machine. But again, at least he gives a shit about melody. And I do see some bright spots here. You texted me that you think uh, one song, I Don't Want to Talk, I Just Want to Dance, is really catchy. And I agree. I think Far and Away, that's their best song. It's got a real strong hook. Yes, it's repetitive, but it makes the repetition work. It's the best video of theirs I saw. I like some of their videos. I think, um, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Um yeah, it's their best song. Makes a repetition work, was I going to say. Uh, the video looks like people are really having fun, but even this is like a sped-up version of that song Gooey I mentioned. Their semi-breakout here from 2014. Uh, I like the video for Pools. It's Claymation. I always love Claymation. But uh, there's a video for that song Tangerine that talks about Mr. Miyagi and ice cream sandwiches, and that's just awful. They do this stuff where they place Bailey's face on the heads of a husband and wife and a baby all in a car. It's supposed to be funny. It's just stupid. And you told me you like the concept of the Dreamland video. The Dreamland video is early in the pandemic, Bailey setting up a whole stuff, a whole machine in his studio to film his own video. And you see him following the directions. And I, I think that fails because it's basically 30 seconds of a video and then two and a half hours, two and a half hours, two and a half minutes of showing the behind the scenes video. So it really just looks like he's patting himself on the back. Noah, inexplicably, possibly, demonstrably, yeah. can you tell me why this yeah. is a popular thing right now? All right, here you go. So I had heard Heat Waves, but I really didn't pay attention until I read that, that Chris Malamphy article in Slate last week. And now that article is just about heat waves and it's improbable rise. Now it took forever. And he always likes looking at the charts and talking about these wacky things. And he's explaining why, why heat waves is popular. And I really think he gets at it. So, so I'm quoting Chris Malanfi here. It's been endorsed by programmers as the sort of ambient hit that's pleasing to kids and adults, rock fans and hip hop fans, the vaccinated and unvaccinated alike. As the brain trust at Billboard has pointed out, once radio finds a song that works with all audiences, it will keep playing it, especially during COVID times when radio listening is down across the board as fewer people commute. 
So think of it this way. Both our newest hit-making medium, TikTok, and our oldest radio, not counting vaudeville and, I don't know, wandering troubadours, love heat waves. Why is it popular? Because this is, I mean, a word I used before is facile. It's just, you know, sometimes all I think about is you. That bit is, I mean, I don't like it, but it's catchy and it's stuck in my head. And it's easy to remember and it's easy to repeat. But we, but we also, and it's just, you know, we're, it's the hindsight of that song has just been wallpaper for us now. We can't yeah, engage, exactly. we can't engage exactly. with that song new, exactly. you know? I, I mean, last week you we were talking about the Batman. And I think part of the reason people go to see a Batman movie isn't because they're like, oh, I'm excited about a Batman movie. It's like, hey, Batman, I know who that is. And I think people are listening to Heat Waves and maybe streaming it or downloading it or, I don't know, requesting, no one requests things on radio anymore because, hey, I know that song, you know? Um, it's comforting. It's comfort food to people. It's inoffensive unless you really take pop music. You know, I mean, I could get offended by this song because I think it sucks, but I don't take pop music. I mean, I did when I was an obnoxious teenager. I don't take it seriously enough to get offended by a song that's just bad. I I'd get offended by something. There's plenty of other things to get offended by. <laughs> yeah, it's just this, yeah, it's oral wallpaper and it's fine. And it's milk toast, and it's just, you know, why not listen to it? And that's the <laughs> dumbest reason. And that's the dumbest reason to engage with any art. I don't want to say that all art should challenge you. I think it's perfectly fine for art to comfort you, but I don't know. It's got to get, if not your heart rate, it's got to be interesting. It's got to just stir something in you. And this, I don't see how this does this at all. But well, whatever. I, I mean, that's I that's me, and and I'm not the masses. Yeah, I don't know how you go from uh, being able to look at this analytically like like we do. And look, it's neither of our sounds. You know, you you have a more rock and roll uh, four four piece power trio kind of thing in your head, something with a kick. Four kick, piece kick. power trio. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Four piece slash power trio. How about that? Four. Oh, thank you. A, or a four a four piece a four piece septet. Four. Four. Four-piece orchestra. Well, I guess I don't know. What's the definition of an orchestra? Maybe. I don't know. It's a good question. But in my step, what I you know, I need something that is more. It sounds uh, uh, more built up with synthesizers and 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 uh, yeah, you know, that's it's more proggy in some cases, more electric, uh, harder edge. So I mean, I I'm never going to see anything that these guys, you know, as as being something I need to listen to. Like it's not going to drive me, other than of course that one song. And maybe I'm not even talking about the song. I may be talking about the fact that it's the video and the song for, um, what is it? I don't want to talk. I just want to dance. Yeah, yeah no, that's, you know what I like about that video? Everyone in it is just people dancing. They I, really look like, I they look like assume. real people yeah, having Yeah, I fun. thought they were real people. And I like that. I mean, yeah. it was like. That, that video and song is so far yeah. superior to everything else I heard from. It is. Year. And, you know, that yeah. that's, was pretty special, even unto itself, having nothing to do with Glass Monkey here. It's, that is a pretty special uh combination of video and message uh the song and the video together but you know uh i what my my notes here i said this this song has a trap beat which i guess i didn't know if we were still really into the middle of trap thing but of course why why not be totally syncretic like i said if, if you're doing this if you're glomming on everything you're going to get the trap sound i guess or at least not every single song but this one had that trap beat under all this stuff and it, and on top like noah says it's a it's a very anodyne pretty pop sound with soaring choruses and hooks um, you know, the song doesn't, the thing that's driving them for the moment, you know, outside of a cult thing, this isn't the best example of what they do. Uh, maybe even they would agree. And this is, you know, this goes back to the Bruno thing too, speaking of which, because, you know, Disney was taken by surprise by the fact that Bruno 
got a life of its own because Disney was saying, "No, here's the single," and the fans were like, "No, no, no, no. we we want the Bruno song." And Disney had to had to like had pivot and swivel and saying, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Here's the Bruno song all day long, every day, always." Uh, but it's like they clearly did not know what they had on their hands, and it's like, well, uh, Glass Animals did not make heat waves as the lever that was going to push them no. out of a certain yeah. culty kind of level. Fourth, of fourth single from an album. I mean, that's, exactly. Yeah, that is rare. I, yeah, you know, but that that is its own weird. You know, I so it, this is a this is all a long way of saying I I kind of know why it's popular. Also, I'm a little mystified by why it's popular, especially that again. You go back to this argument of like, well, it's the fourth single from their ex album, and it's like, why why this? I mean, I get why. I mean, I get what the thing is. You know, like you said, hey, it's that. Uh, hey, it's that. Uh, this this is a song that sounds like other songs that sound like that song. Which is great, you know. People love that shit, but that doesn't necessarily explain why something would just accrue strength over such a long duration of time. Well, but one thing I didn't mention: Melanfi's article makes a note that it hit number one last week. It actually had fewer streams than the week before, so it, it it's really just like it was the last man standing. Bruno finally lost steam, and Glass Animals. Something has to be number one, right? And it's just glass animals because nothing else has risen up and Bruno's fallen. So you can make that argument. It's not that it gained steam. It's just that it, the it background rose fell. high enough and it just it keeps sticking around. Bill, would you have uh, been more into glass animals if you were a young man now? As someone who most people don't know this, Bill was a a, a suburban girl uh, in Great Britain in the 1980s. So, if you were that now, would you would you be a glass? What do they call glass animals fans? A glass the, animalian? Uh, the yeah, the, the uh, what the hell? Zuki? The a den- glass a denizen- a, a denizen of the glass zoo. A glass... Well, maybe we should work in glass menagerie. Glass octopus? Yeah, I don't know. Glass, glass menagerie. Octopus. I'd like to be under the sea in the glass octopus's garden. You know, I, I remember when I was a kid, um, if there was a band... If I sort of pass-failed the band, if, if I passed them, I should say, then I kind of got on board with most things they did. I, I didn't start picking apart single tracks that they... You know, like, oh, I like this one better. It's like It's like, okay... This band is is I like them and I just like more songs be- better than others. It's like I really did not like uh, Heat Waves, but I really like that other song they did. I don't want to talk. So it's like it's hard for me to think. Like if I go back to being a kid when I was most affected by pop music, where I was, you know, least amount of citizens in my entire life, would I have judged them by the strength of Heat Waves and how 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 ridiculous and you know mealy it is, or by how much of a banger I don't want to talk is? It's hard to say. I mean, it depends, again, which I heard. I got a bad impression of this band simply because I, I, I read about them and I listened to Heat Waves first after two or three or four songs. Then I heard the one that I liked, and it's like, yeah, but I've already got an impression on them. So it's like, as an adult, I can kind of come back from that and say, well, all right, they're capable of these two, you know, these two threads. I prefer this set of influences better. But it's like, man, I, I really thought, well, okay, maybe you guys are really the Heat Waves thing. Maybe that's more you guys in, in the impression. And you kind of lose the fight. So again, depending on which of these I would have heard about, um, I definitely the full tilt thing of I don't want to talk, I just want to dance is certainly more my uh, that's more my bag. But I don't know how many more so- that that is really far and away one of their best songs. It's like I think when I listened to Mitski, I happened to listen to what I thought was Mitski's best song first, 
And I did not like the other songs a whole lot more than I liked Mitski's good song. And so I was like, but I still had a good impression of her because I listened to the correct song first just by accident. You know, it was just Providence. And the, the opposite happened here. So I, I have trouble discerning how this would actually shake out if I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I almost certainly wouldn't have liked it because I need something with a little more edge and life to it. But I was thinking how it's interesting. Like, what would be the equivalent of Glass Animals from when I was 15, 16? And granted, I was in that era, I was more getting into classic rock because I felt at the time there was nothing for me. I mean, it's when, I mean, I was 16 when grunge broke. And I didn't really get grunge as something really exciting until a couple years later. Um, I just had this mindset going into it that most new rock and roll sucks. You know, because I was still thinking it's like, oh, it's like poison and, you know, slaughter and warrants and just hair metal-y kind of stuff. And I had no use for that. I mean, I liked a little underground stuff. I liked They Might Be Giants. And even though they had broken up, it had only been a few years. I was I remember that era. I was getting into Husker Du. Um, but, like, what was the equivalent of Glass Animals? Like, big, hit-maker, boring-looking white guys. And I can't think what it was. I mean, I guess people regarded Nirvana and Pearl Jam like that because they were just white guys in t-shirts. Yeah, they were right? the antidote. They were supposed to be the antidote to that. They were supposed to kill well, but, all that stuff. Well, but the idea is they were real, right? Whereas I don't think, I think Glass Animals in some ways is the opposite of real. Like they don't dress up fancy and have a great image, but their sound, I mean, this shows you how how technology has changed in those 30 years or whatever, is their sound is anything but real and they, on purpose, right? So I, I don't, I'm trying to think what was the equivalent of Glass Animals and what did I think of them? And I have no idea what it was. No, I can't, that's, that's I because, mean, you know, we, we came about in the disobedient, like break everything, uh, uh, revanchist 90s in terms of music, which, you know, I'm not saying that never happened before, but there was just a very specific moment where so much of what was popular between 91 and 92 wasn't just saying, oh, this is popular. It was about pushing back what had been popular. It was almost like an active right. resistance to what had come yeah. before. Well, I mean, that, but that happens like every 10, 20 years. I mean, that happened 10 years later with the, the garage rock boom of the early 2000s. Yeah, but that was short-lived. Short-lived, and that happened in the late 70s with punk, right? I mean, there's a big, uh, punk came from a lot of places, but some of it was pushing back on your beloved Genesis yeah. and Robert Fripp and all those and guys. And punk was the most long-lived of all those genres, I would say. Well, it, it, it did a lot of heavy lifting, and it, I think it lasted as more influential than, than grunge has ever been. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's the best. Um, yeah, but there's almost no way I would have liked this band, anything like it then. But I don't think there's any way, I, I don't know, I just... You know, this question is always weird. Are we transplanting glass animals back to when we were kids or are we making ourselves kids now? I guess we're making ourselves kids now, right? Yeah, yeah. This question's fucked up, dude. It's only taken us 250 episodes to realize this question because who knows what I'd be like if I were born in, you know, 1995 or 2005. In 1990, I can only take myself back to where I was and what my listening habits were like in 88, you know? I was listening to Glass Tiger. I went, I, I... Borrowed the Glass Tigers comeback CD, no joke, from a friend, and copied it onto a uh, a, um, a Memorex. Memorex? What was the name of that? Maxell. A Maxell blank tape. Is it live or is it Maxell? No, that's Memorex. Is the rise of glass animals, the attack of the glass animals. 
the, the glass. <laughs> there were no survivors that day. <laughs> that, the glass oh. animals escaping from the glass menagerie. All the glass animals needed to be put down at the end of the uh, yes, insurrection. Yes, put down the glass <laughs> animals. Um, is is any of that a cause for concern in apocalyptic terms? I mean, no, but also yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, listen, it, it, there's, I keep, like, we're, we've, maybe we're being oblique about the music. I think you've described the music okay. I think people understand what we're talking about. Yeah. Listen, listen to it. You know, you, you, you've heard in the breaks between these, these uh, segments here. I mean, it, the thing is, it's like this band and the particular song that is representative of them, the reason why we're talking about them. At least Noah had heard about them before. I had not until he texted me this whole thing. I'd never even heard of them. I'm not going to passively hear this band. But, I mean, you can say that about good music, too. I really need to, at least, it needs to go over a lot of big hurdles to get to me anyway that's that's not the point though but it's like there's a completely random and, and, and dissimilar alchemy in in what creates like a world crushing sensation and i say world crushing you know in, in scare quotes because it's like um you know there's no monoculture it's like it's in, in in terms of the balkanized thing whatever it is that causes this to get over the mariah carey hump and boy noah i wish i could get <laughs> over the mariah carey hump if you know what i mean i collar tug, okay collar tug no, but it, 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 like what Mariah Carey did, I think was a lot more difficult than what these guys have done. And it took it took them twenty whatever twenty five years, and the bar is a lot lower. You know, it's like it's like somebody getting over Cal Ripken's games played record. If somehow you, I don't know, like if, if you counted each game as two games, it would make it a lot easier to hit this giant, gigantic, long, uh, you know, long thought, unimpeachable kind of record. Um, you know, it used to be. Unrelenting genius, a work ethic, craftsmanship, right, uh, is what was required. And, you know, the thing is, it's like, um, like you said, this guy, my guess is he knows Pro Tools really well. I mean, he obviously knows how to run. Yes. No, it, and or, or sequencers or whatever. He probably, I'm sure he reads music. Bailey, uh, talking about sings. He he cultivated a very nice so- a voice that does sound like. No, a- he's he's definitely a talented guy. Yeah. To what ends? To what ends? And it's like again, what particular mix of talents and what combination is going to give you the thing that pushes this stuff into, um, you know? And so I, maybe I'm not even addressing the the song and the band is like a symptom of the rest of the stuff we always talk about on the show. It's like. Uh, the swirling pop world of what becomes a phenomenon seems like being inside the capricious decision-making head of a house cat. You know, I honestly don't know what it, where it's going to go from second. And it wants to just hang inside the door, coming inside and going outside and never making a decision. And you don't, you can't assign any pathology to it. It's just kind of insane. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I mean, I don't think this is a sign of the apocalypse because part of what makes them terrible is how insubstantial they are. And I don't necessarily mean that they're just going to, we're going to forget them in six months because, you know, Coldplay's been around, like, it feels like forever, but probably they've been the top of the charts for 20 years. And I pay almost no attention to them, right? I think it's possible glass animals will still be with us in 40 years. I mean, it doesn't sound that crazy. You're going to see Genesis next week and they've been around, what, 50 years? Um, And I will never care about them. Right, more than I cared about them the last two days because I'm studying my podcast. So yeah, I just don't see how this can be a real problem. And even even if even if my nightmare like all new music sounds like Glass Animals, I don't know. I'm gonna get so old that at a certain point I'm not gonna care about new music at all. So 
Who cares? And it's all about me, folks. It's all about how I feel. It's, it's not been. about art in general or the next generation or whatever. So I don't know. I think it's unlikely that they will be, you know, required listening in middle school music class. And we can just either listen to them and they improve our day by 0.1% or ignore them and it doesn't make a difference. At the risk of going to the gulag at the end. The risk, yes. When Dave Bailey is emperor of the world, you will go to the gulag if you talk and not dance as opposed to not wanting to talk and just wanting to dance. And finally, Noah, tell me about Jealousy uh, in our final two segments here. Does this band, in, in some way, does it, does it inspire any envy in you? They're young. They're hot. People love them. People listen to them. People care. People write about them. People think about them. Of course, I'm jealous. And it's not just young, beautiful people compared to my old, non-beautiful thing. But, like, I find it interesting that I do think Bailey has this very atypical pop star look. I mean, I guess he's not Jewish, but I said he's got this kind of Jewish look to him. So I'm jealous as like a a fellow, like kind of nerdy looking Jewish guy, like, oh, you know, I could have been a rock star maybe, you know, even though I don't look like a rock star. So, um, yeah, I'm jealous of these people. Sure. Why would not be jealous of these people? You know, think about like what producers and DJs and sort of like celebrity back end people look like the, you know, the, the, the charisma and the look, the pulchritude of the front person was pretty well established for, you know, many, many years. And since the advent of electric music and the advent of the sort of back tech person moving forward and becoming uh, somebody who like knob twiddles almost as a part of the show, the features them mm-hmm. at a deck creating music. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. you turn, people- turn on the machine and leave the room. That's a concert. Right. It's like at one point, you're talking about off mic, we're talking about Daryl Hall. You know, it's like Daryl Hall was a tall, blue eyed, blonde guy from Philadelphia who looked very handsome, uh, very boyish at the beginning. And yeah, giant there. Adam's apple. That's what I remember. The first, I learned what an Adam's apple was right. from wondering what that lump on Daryl Hall's neck was in a video. Turns out it was a goit, an untreated goiter. <laughs> Goiter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Turns out oats oats was a, a goiter that was severed from uh, Hall's body like and a, developed sentience. Like a Frank Hannenlotter so, movie, like a oats basket yeah, exactly. case. Yeah, like basket case. So oats was a sentient goiter that had been removed from Hall's body. Well, you know, I, I yeah, I think to, to tangent off what you're saying, I there is a jealousy. You know, not not, be, not because of look what they do isn't worthy of some level of fame and adoration. It's certainly the out of scale. Um, I mean, we, we keep coming upon in this show, in many different media, for different things, some superior, some inferior, some just mainly flopping like, you know, a, a wet fish on the deck, um, to talk about why something is so out of scale with how I judge its importance. This this could be one of those things because it's human people who look literally unexceptional that don't <laughs> that don't really drive me. You know, they don't drive, they don't inspire something. I mean, it's like, well, OK, I guess this. Because nothing else exists in the world to, to, to you know, to drive into to infamy right now to this incredible level of fame. All right, let's just give it to these guys who look like fucking Apple Store employees, you know? I mean, why? <laughs> All right, no, let's uh, <laughs> let's pivot over to the Felonian scale, the, the Gallup, yeah. the, the, gooey, the gooey scale, uh, and the, like, the uh, annals the, of all things. Zeba, the, the, the cocoa hoof scale. Uh, uh, How to be a human being. You know what I don't like about that? It sounds like a, a Coldplay 
album title. Or right? that fucking How to Save a Life, which I would beat that song with Rebar to Death if I could. What, who said that? Was that Coldplay? No, no, no. no. That was How one, to that was, Save uh, a Life. I don't was know. that The Fray? One of yes, The Fray. Bands. Very good. The yes, Fray. Yes, yes. That's a bad band a name. Terrible song. Uh, Glass Animals is, it's weird because it's not as pretentious as you think this band's name would be. Like if they were called Coco Hooves, that would make sense to me. Wasn't there a prog band called Glass Hammer? Uh, maybe. That's a pretty cool. You tell thing. me. Yeah. You tell me, Mister Prog. Vandergraaf Generator. Uh, How's that for? Vandergraaf Generator is a great <laughs> fucking band name. That is a great band. And I remember when I first heard of that a Vandergraaf Generator was an actual thing. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, I just assumed Van. I, not knowing anything about the band, but just knowing the name, I assumed there was a guy named Vandergraaf. And instead of calling it, you know, the the Bill Vandergraaf Band or the Vandergraaf Generator, Vandergraaf Generator, yeah. like was the Alan Parsons way. Generator. It creates a the Parsons, Parsons field. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you want to know? You know what? Believe it or not, one of my favorite. I, this is it doesn't correspond with the band itself. One of my favorite band names is the Weather Report. I just I, for some reason I think it's it, it's pithy, it's common, it's really catchy, and that they were like a jazz band. You know, it's like that sounds pretty didn't, cool. Didn't I like they that. sing "It's Raining"? Men, didn't they sing "It's Raining Men"? No, that was a different. Uh, that was a different thing altogether. That was the Weather Girls. The Weather yeah, Girls. Yeah. So anyway, where would you put uh, this on the scale? All those men would fall from the sky. You're really excited. They'd have broken bones and contusions. You They'd really land think they're on people. Get with you? Yeah, you really think they're going to, you're going to get sex out of this arrangement? The, the, this would be this sex. This, if men are falling a, from the sky. This would be a catastrophe. Right. If men are falling from the sky, I do not think the takeaway is that you're going to get good loving. Okay? You know, I'm sorry. The, on, on Mr. Show, they did a sketch. It's like, you know, if all these monsters got together, it wouldn't be a party. It would be a titanic battle. <laughs> And who would win? The viewing public. Uh, all right. Felonian scale. Right. Okay. So here you go. I kind of, so this is where we look at our past topics and say, how does this compare on the XYZ axes of comparing them, whatever. Compare on the axes of comparing them. That's a good one, Bill. So I looked at other kind of pasty white musical guys, but I tried to choose them from different genres. So I took Greta Van Fleet, you know, which is, I guess, like a hard rock Zeppelin sounding band of pasty white guys. Sean Mendez, who's like the teen pop kind of pasty white guy. Scotty McCreary, pasty white country oh, guy. God. And Troy Savon, pasty white, pretty boring gay guy, mm-hmm. right? Playing, you know, gay friendly music. So take those four artists, one band, three more white men, and somewhere in the middle, triangulate them, triangulate them, pentagon them, whatever, pen, pen, pentagulate them. And wherever the midpoint is among those five act, four acts, oh, so I guess quad, quadrilateralize them. Wherever the midpoint is among those four acts, that is where you find glass animals. You know, I, I got to say, I was really afraid you were going to say each of those each of those entities should be pureed and then poured. And you look at the, <laughs> you look at the strata like oil and water, wherever the synthesis, the, the membranes, the interface between them, yeah. it's like somewhere... In those the different densities of liquid, of when you pour these pureed pop stars, you, you get you get the yeah. You you liquefy them, you pour them through a Pro Tools processing machine, and out of like a, a vintage Casio, and whatever comes out, that is glass animals. So that that's sounds like way of looking when at you it, yes. launch James Doohan's ashes into space, is both a tribute to his work and also like the irony of. Mr. Scott going back into outer space as a fitting end for him. I can see they launch James Doohan's remains into space ashes ashes yeah remains why 
Uh, actually, no. the guy wasn't a real astronaut. They realized he was an actor, right? Didn't you, but you, didn't you watch the show where he fixed the spaceship? What do you think he was doing all those years? I still remember when Leonard Nimoy died, like the post and the news were like, farewell, Mr. Spock. I'm like, you realize Spock was a fictional character, right? Are you aware of this? <laughs> like everyone who worships John Wayne as an American hero, like the guy was a fucking actor. Like, Jesus. All right. So I look, I see what Glass Hammer here is doing. Uh, I understand the rationale behind liking it on a certain level. But the, the it, I keep coming back to this staggering weight of this accomplishment is, is, is indisputably unearned and ultimately mysterious, Noah. So uh, I found myself thinking of all topics on our show, Game Stonks. Of the sort of okay. weird game met- stops, game stop stonks. Yeah, yeah, the weird game stop. Like, yeah. what is this? What is this? Like, what chaos effect? Like, what agents of what agents of misrule are are, are working on? You know, person on our shoulders causing these things. What is this? This butterfly effect? And that's that's you know, I landed on something equally as quizzical as game stonks in this instance. Game stop stonks. Game stop. Game stops. Stop. It wasn't the business isn't called game. It's called GameStop. Yeah, but the the thing the phenomenon itself is called Game Stonks. That's what it was. Uh, was yeah. it? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, all right, I, I stand totally. corrected. What I did confirm for you while you're talking about that is Glass Hammer is an American uh-huh. progressive rock band from Chattanooga, Tennessee. That hotbed. Yeah. Prog rock. Yeah. Chattanooga. That's it. That's that's the sound. The guests from Chattanooga. All right, everybody. The, the Chattanooga sound. If you want to look for past episodes on our show, if you want to talk us, if you want to do whatever the kids do, I don't even know what's going on here. Look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. Go in the aggregators. Give us a review, or else we'll get aggravated. That doesn't really. Oh, that's clever. That's, yeah, that's really, really clever. A clever turn of turn of phrase yeah. there. Uh, I'm on Twitter at William Scurry. I'm on YouTube at youtube.com slash AMCaesar. And before we kick it over to Noah, there's a programming note. Yeah, uh, we are very going, important. Yeah, very we are important. going on a three-week hiatus because there's some traveling between the two of us. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we will be out of the pocket. I guess we will reconvene towards the uh, middle of uh, April, I believe, is when the next time. So, yes, uh, uh, I'm sure you guys will find something to do. Uh, you might even yeah. see one or more of us in real life for a change. Who knows um, if, if, you know, in, if you play, your, if you play yeah. your cards right. In the meantime, one thing I think we don't say enough is, you know, A, please review us. But B, we're always looking for suggestions of topics because half the time it's because, you know, one of the eight people who are our biggest fans say, hey, you guys should do this. Well, the Nick Nick suggested he doesn't actually listen to the show. He just wants us to do uh, his yeah, topics, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was like my niece. My niece. Well, my niece wants us to do the 1988 comedy horror movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I've told you that's what she wants us to do because I showed her that movie and she really liked it. So that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's what you do. Uh, yeah. Um, so where are you? Where so are you yes. Here? So suggest topic. Where am I? Uh, BigQuizThing.com, the finest in corporate and private fundraising, etc. Trivia events nationwide, virtually and in person. In-person business, Bill, it's 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 about even with virtual these days. I'm very happy yeah. about this. Um, so, uh, yeah, check us out there. Learn all about us. Inquire today for a trivia consultation. You can follow us on social media if you want. You know, it's, it's up to you. I don't really care anymore. <laughs> uh, we do have a public event coming up in San Francisco, April 24th. Uh, we're, we're doing this occasional series at The Crossing, a gorgeous outdoor space. 
did our first show there last month, big hit. So April 24th, we're coming back there. So learn all about it, bigquizthing.com, and uh, thank you. Well, until the next anodyne, mealy, inexplicably... Pasty white guy, pasty milk white toast. Guy, inexplicably famous episode of this podcast. We, we don't get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.